Welcome to the Holistic Healing Connection podcast with your host, holistic practitioner and mentor, Amber Cook. Join Amber and her guests weekly for insight and practical tips to help you succeed on your path to wellness. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com, nurturing business, cultivating health, growing community. Your one-stop holistic health resource, HealingWaze.com. Hi, I'm Amber Cook. I've spent my life practicing and experimenting with holistic and alternative healthcare because I believe it is the real healthcare, the way to well-being. So stick around because your holistic healing connection starts right now. Hey, it's Amber, and I'm just here to introduce our second episode in the Ask a Healing Pro series, which first showed on Facebook Live, hosted by Body Talk practitioner and Healing Ways team member, Lynn Del Mastro Thompson. Lynn's guest in this show is Carrie Craven, a certified personal trainer and re-embody practitioner. Carrie says there's so much more to movement therapy beyond just burning calories. And they talk about how there's a lot of different ways to get exercise into your daily life and stay fit without going to traditional gyms, getting into CrossFit, running marathons. In fact, Carrie says dancing in your living room is good enough. And I love that because that's something that I personally just love to do. I love to dance, especially in my living room when it's just me or just my family. And in fact, it's something that I will do with my daughter who's eight before school in the morning because it really kind of sets her and I both up for just a, a fun, energetic day. That's the right vibe. Exercise does not have to be something that you hate because it is something that is really important to your total well-being. Movement therapy and exercise are definitely holistic healthcare. So originally I had got into health and fitness as a second career um, after my children were born. Um, I needed to lose, um, I was kind of in a job I didn't like, very over overweight, unhappy, um, and um, I kind of made some lifestyle changes for myself, um, ended up turning my life around, got healthy, um, and so I went back to school to study exercise science and fitness technology to kind of pay it forward and work with women and help them on their own journeys, mm-hmm. and what started as more of like a, um, a weight loss journey into health became then after, you know, 10 years or so of, you know, trying to conquer injuries and working around injuries and just trying to stay mobile. Um, I, through my own injuries, came across a method called Rheem Body, um, which ended up changing my life and um, the way I move and, you know, gave me some power back to work around my own injuries. And I've been studying that now for a couple of years. Um, and I've incorporated it into my training. And um, I really enjoy just helping women move better and feel better about themselves. Yeah. Awesome. It's all come from, it's all come from a place of personal, um, personal work. Yeah. yeah. It seems to be a very common thread in all of these interviews as we all kind of come from that place of having gone through something and then being inspired to help others and yeah. forward in that sense. So very cool. So probably most people haven't heard of Reembody. Um, I actually met um, Azara recently, who is, I know, part of um, 
kind of the co-founder or, or kind of one of the heads of the, the method, but I would love if you would share a little bit more about what it is so people can know what that methodology is. Yeah, um, well, in my own words, um, from my own experience, um, so in times of threat or when, when people or human beings feel threatened, um, they tend, their bodies tend to react in a certain way, you know, very, you might um, be familiar with like fight or flight response and very similar to that where, um, you know, everybody has a, a, what they would call like a dominant side or a not dominant side. And those sides um, under any kind of threat will have a very predictable way of moving, mm -hmm. uh, moving or not moving as the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, and those patterns can just become way overused as people um, age or develop injuries or chronic stress problems, illness. Um, and what Green Body does is kind of help people find their way out of that pattern and find different um, ranges of motion for those joints um, to help them move more efficiently. So um, from like a physics perspective, you know, where we have one side that's really good at moving forward and one side that's really good at um, more like taking in force, like so that we kind of like land on if we fall or um, mm -hmm. put out that put out that non-dominant hand. Um, so yeah, my my work, you know, I start with clients by kind of helping them to unlock those patterns and realize that they have these ranges of motion available and that both sides can work together as like a kind of like a house of cards, right? If we have one side always trying to do this, and we're always kind of like this. Mm -hmm. I work together to help people balance those sides and then once they have a familiarity with how their body moves and they can move with less pain then I take that and build a foundation of strength and movement and fun and play and um, movement exploration right so I never just take a client and throw them into um, battle roping on their first day right it's all about can we move better um, can we move with less pain first um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a that's kind of a little bit about what it is and how I've taken it and moved it into the training world. Yeah, yeah. sounds like a very kind of different approach to you know training, where it sometimes can be very like standard, like oh, you're gonna work out and do X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, maybe that's not appropriate for this person because they have an injury or they have a restriction of mobility. So that's very cool. Of yeah. Yeah, and, and most of my clients are coming to me with some kind of, um, you know, I find that most people over 40 have something going on, knee, hip, shoulder, ankle, wrist, and, you know, just going to a regular class at the gym isn't what's right for them at the, at the time, and trying to work around, you know, why those things are occurring and make those better, and then learn in a comfortable environment um, is really what I try to provide. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So what do you love most about kind of the work that you do? Um, well, most, my favorite thing is working with, um, with older adults and seniors. Um, I work with women of all ages, but um, I really have a soft spot for my older clients, um, especially teaching them mobility skills that they can use out in their real world. Um, you know, teaching them how to prevent falls, um, what to do if they feel like they're falling. I've had clients who fall and learn how to roll. Um, and, just, and just have a more enjoyable life outside, you know, so when the clients 
tell me that they like almost fell, but they didn't. Um, that's the most enjoyable part of my work. I mean, I love seeing all my clients grow and progress and learn to do things that they didn't think they could do, but, but like having, working with seniors and having them like avoid something that could be very, very bad <laughs> um, is kind of one of the greatest joys of doing this work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And really probably save people a lot of pain and heartache and having to go through maybe, you know, surgery because they break a hip or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, it's amazing what my older clients can do to, to see them progress in, in all of them. But, um, you know, I think that women or everybody gets to a certain age and I see it go one of two ways where people just kind of stop moving um, or they ask themselves what can they do and they keep working at their own pace and it makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people I've heard say, you know, I really want to age like well and I don't want to have these issues. I don't want to end up in, you know, a care facility or something because, you know, I'm not able to move or I fall or I hurt myself. So that's really awesome that you can provide that support to yeah. to keep them moving well. Yeah, as one of my one of my clients says, you just have to show up. <laughs> yes, and keep showing up every you know every day, keep moving forward. Yeah. Keep showing up and keep asking what can I do? I think that's the best question. You know, I think a lot of folks get tied down in, well my I have a bad hip or I have a bad this or I can't do this, but you can always do something. There's always something. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So tell me maybe a couple stories of like what kinds of changes that you've seen and clients in working with you. Um, so just maybe just last week I had a, um, one of my senior clients and we've been, and she has pretty much no cartilage in her knees. Um, and you know, we've been doing some mobility work, getting out of chairs and trying to just make it so that she can get through her everyday life, get up and down the stairs, little bits by bits. Um, and then recently she had a, a fall at the park with her grandchildren and we had been working on getting up and down off the ground, but we hadn't quite made it to the ground yet. So, um, but she was so proud that her, her daughter and, um, son-in-law came running over to try to help her up. And she was so proud that she actually knew the steps to try to start getting up on her own, even though at that time she didn't make it all the way up. Um, but, but the week later, just a couple of days ago. Um, we actually got up off the ground, or she got up off the ground fully independently by herself. Um, and it was probably one of the most proudest moments I've had in my coaching was just to see somebody, you know, who would have otherwise um, never, ever tried to do that until it was perhaps too late um, to be able to be able to get up off the ground without, you know, having pain on their knees um, mm -hmm. and using those knees. Um, Another awesome story that I had, which was one of my favorites, is that I have a client, another senior who had to have surgery. Um, I think it was a thyroid surgery or whatnot. And after the surgery, the nurses wanted her to get out of bed and they came to grab her by the arms and hoist her up. Um, and she basically kindly told them, no, thank you. And did some of the stuff that we worked on, worked on her getting her feet, getting her alignment straight. Um, and even though she was not able to lift her head because of the surgery, mm -hmm. she knew enough of how the body works to start using her eyes and the connection between her eyes and her body to lift her head and get herself up off the 
off the bed after surgery without the help of the nurses. Wow. Um, so super proud. Um, and to know that, you know, that these clients can take this stuff out there and have yeah, a better quality of life. And it's pretty mm -hmm. cool to see them come in. Or um, I had another lady recently, she, um, she fell and instead of, um, she tripped on a curb and she texted me right after to tell me that she rolled and didn't hurt herself. So yeah, so those are kind of my, my favorite stories. Um, oh, yeah. I can see how all of those just make a tremendous impact on someone's life and, you know, like post-surgery or like somebody who could have maybe really hurt herself when she fell and she knew what to do to, to protect the body and, and keep herself safe. So yeah, very, very powerful stories. Yeah. You may have heard Carrie mention re-embody and since I'm a huge fan of this modality and its creator, I wanted to pop in and give you my two cents. The re-embody method is a physics-based movement education. It's used in the treatment of injuries, sports performance, and just life. It's about building up, not tearing down, and it can help anyone, no matter your age or fitness level. You can learn more about re-embody and even how to become a practitioner, like Carrie, at reembody.me. That's R-E-E-M-B-O-D-Y dot M-E. Now back to the conversation. Even younger clients to watch them learn how to progress into doing things like um, cartwheels, right? And so a traditional gym, you go in and you do your three sets of 10 or whatever. And like, I, I try to encourage my clients to have some fun, whether it's like learning how to hula hoop or learning how to mm -hmm. um, do a cartwheel. You know, I have one client who hadn't done a cartwheel since she was, you know, 10. And, you know, I remember her asking, like, do you think we could learn today? And then she did it. And it was, it was so cool to see them, like that light spark up in, in people, like learning how to incorporate play back in their life um, or, or to take, um, take women and put boxing gloves on them for the first time. Mm. Also, an awesome moment. Very empowering. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, especially a woman of a certain age, I think, you know, of my parents' age, you know, back in the day, like women of my mom's age were not a, at the gym hitting anything. That wasn't what they did. Right. So, but women you know, when, right? <laughs> yeah, when I take somebody and give them the gloves and just set them free, it's just kind of, it's kind of awesome to see what's released. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's very awesome. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about what does it look like when people work with you? Is it all one-on-one? -on -one? Do you do any small group work? Kind of give a little sense of how it is to work with you. Yeah, um, I generally do all only one-on-one -on -one now. Um, I was doing some classes for a while, but I find with the now incorporating the Rean Body, it's really pretty personal, intricate work. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, we start off really slow and um, I have to usually give people warning that they're not going to be doing like burpees the first time. <laughs> so folks usually think about, oh, a trainer and I'm going to come in and they bring their towels and there's water and they're ready to like start sweating. And I have to really like tell them like, probably it's going to take you like four days before you're even hardly moving. Mm -hmm. um, and we do a lot of work starting on the ground from the ground up. Mm -hmm. So I incorporate a lot of um, like, um, developmental patterns like crawling, rolling, um, movements. And so before anybody even gets up and lifts a barbell, they know how to 
roll. They know how to crawl. They've learned other like foundational movements first. Mm -hmm. um, and all those movements directly turn translate into lifting heavy things. So we start there, mm -hmm. um, work on any injury issues that people have or mobility issues, um, just getting a sense of how their body is connected, how it works. Mm -hmm. and only then after, after all that do we pick up heavy things. Mm -hmm. um, and then we take that heavy things and we learn how to do them harder, faster, longer, incorporate play, incorporate fun. Um, and then it depends on, you know, the individual on what their goal is, where we go from there. But everybody, I think, always starts off with a good foundation, building that basement first before we start putting in doors and windows in. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. If you don't have a good foundation, then, you know, everything, you're more prone to injury or hurting yourself when you're doing, lifting all the heavy things and working hard and sweating. Yeah. That's awesome that you kind of take it down to that foundational level. Yeah, I take a lot of pride in teaching and teaching people movement education, not just exercise. Um, I actually do not love the word exercise and <laughs> try to avoid it. Um, I feel like when clients think about exercise, they think of something that's this long, torturous, horrible thing. Mm -hmm. When they approach it as movement and play, um, it sparks a different kind of interest in people. Mm -hmm. They're more apt to want to explore their own bodies and what they can do. As mm -hmm. opposed to exercise. Like I haven't met in too many people who like exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does sort of have a, a certain connotation to it. And unless you're super like athletic or something like that, yes. and kind of yeah. have a negative association, like, yeah. Like, I really should exercise, but I don't really like it. It's hard. It's painful. Yes, it's hard. It's painful. Nobody, nobody enjoys it. Um, and so, you know, like when I start clients on, you know, I'm like, what do you like to do? What did you like to do when you're 10? Right? Seeing them do that cartwheel again, seeing them find that inner kid in them. You know, I mean, yes, it's important to be able to technically lift things to keep your bones strong and to keep those movements, but it's also important to try to explore different movements and find some sense of play and some fun. I mean, you know, I usually tell people, you know, when it comes to like cardio, so like if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you should do it because it helps you enjoy something else that you're doing. So I don't always love my spin bike, but I do love hiking and doing my spin bike during the week helps me not huff and puff on my hikes on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense too. It's kind of like a mindset piece too. It's like, uh, does this actually feed into something that I want to do if I don't like doing it? Right. Yeah. I think I think that out there, the stigma with exercise is that it has to be this grueling, horrible thing. And if I'm not hating it all, and if I'm not working so hard that I just am lying on the floor after, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. um, and then nobody does it, right? I mean, because because ten minutes is not good enough when it comes to what the stigma of exercise is. And right. I totally disagree with that. I think 10 minutes is good enough. And over a week, a month, six months, a year, five years, 10 years, that 10 minutes sometimes turns into 20, sometimes turns into an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you're consistent, at least with 10 minutes and you're doing it every day, that would be better than somebody that's like doing an hour once in a blue moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So big fan of doing lots of little things over time. Awesome. Yeah. So that kind of
kind of leads into a question for you is, do you have any kind of, if somebody is not working with you, but they're just watching this, like any tip or strategy to kind of get started with, you know, moving their body and, and that aspect of things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, what I tell my new clients when they come as far as like their cardio for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, I tell them to brainstorm and again, find things that they like or used to like. Mm -hmm. or things they'd like to eventually be able to do mm -hmm. and then just commit to five or ten minutes i mean just a small time and, and that could be dancing in their living room like whatever they love do something for 10 minutes you mm -hmm. know couple more more days than not um you know it takes me longer than that half the days to take a shower so you know yeah. finding that 10 minutes just to move and and having that be the goal and then if you feel good after 10 minutes keep going but but knowing that you've met your goal at the 10 minutes will make you want to get back and do another 10 minutes tomorrow because you leave feeling the sense of accomplishment as opposed to, I have to go do an hour at the gym, which is huge, right? I have to get my sneakers, I have to get my clothes, I have to drive there. Right. And I have to then do an hour of grueling cardio and God knows what else. Um, or I could do 10 minutes of dance party in the living room. Like, which one would you be more apt to do? Yeah, that makes so, lot of sense. Just keep doing that 10 minutes and then, you know, on a Sunday, that 10 minutes helps you maybe go to a hike and try and creek and mm -hmm. do something more. But, um, but just to set the goal small and overachieve as opposed to setting the goal big and always feeling let down. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great suggestion of, you know, make it a small goal so that you're set up for success instead of you know, setting yourself up possibly for failure or just feeling really frustrated with, yeah. oh, I just had to force myself through an hour at the gym and I didn't like it. And Yeah, and everybody was watching me and I don't know what to do. And yeah. mm -hmm. so dancing in your living room for 10 minutes is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using um, like Nia TV and doing a lot of the workouts that way. For me, that's been great to just be consistent doing it. Yeah. I have to go somewhere, like I just put on the TV in my living room, and it's kind of that same idea. Of mm -hmm. I'm consistent with it versus yeah. I to put my shoes on and pack a bag and my water bottle and drive somewhere. And you probably finish feeling better every day. Exactly. Whereas sometimes, you know, I've had times where I've gone to the gym and it feels good, and then sometimes it feels like you're just kind of forcing yourself through something. Right. Yeah. Not to do disagree. It does feel good sometimes when you get there, but, but it's that thought of going that leads people to perhaps not go. Right. I don't have time today because I'm on like a type. I like to work out in the morning. So then sometimes it's like, if I have something too early, how am I going to do that? How am I going to get there in time and then get showered and get ready? So it's yeah. easy to come up with the excuses when you have all the extra pieces. Yep. Yep. Great. That's a great to make add up to big things. Yep. And I think that's, that's so key in so many things with health, right? Is we think it has to be this big thing of, you know, I have to completely change everything about this area of my life. Like, I wish I could do that with my house cleaning, but that is, unfortunately, I have not learned to carry that over to other aspects of my life. <laughs> a little bit, little bit, little bit increment. Yeah. yeah. My husband's very good at that. <laughs> Yeah, I think sometimes it can be something that it's hard to translate, but it's awesome that you kind of have that piece for, you know, your exercise and your working out and you teach people. Yeah, yeah the, one other little thing I would add too is to um, 
think of the mental health aspects of working out like the, just the better mood the energy right I feel like it also the stigma out there is like this we have to burn calories and like sometimes I feel like sometimes people think that's the only reason to work out is because I have to burn off this is punishment for that I what I ate as opposed okay. to a way for me to calm calm down think you know think about whatever I have to do just a way to organize my thoughts and just to feel better and boost my mood and have more energy um you know it's not always a punishment for something you ate it can be something where you just want to blast your favorite songs and enjoy moving mm -hmm. um, because you can and someday you might not be able to do that and you wish right. you had, so <laughs> yeah i think overall in life too we can just use more things that we enjoy and have fun instead of making things about like punishment like you're saying it's, how can this be enjoyable how can i just move my body and it feels good because yeah. it doesn't because you can yeah, exactly. I'm capable, you know, of moving my body. So how would it like to move today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then get better at that and find fun new, fun new ways. Right. So. Get curious about other things. Like what else, what else would be fun that's similar to this? Mm -hmm. I enjoy something else. It's like the 180 degree opposite of CrossFit. So Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that sort of stuff never does very well with my body. It's like I've <laughs> done a couple things like that and then felt miserable for about four or five days after. And I'm yeah. like, that's not how I like to move. Yeah. yeah. So knowing that it's adapted to each person is really a benefit too. That mm -hmm. You can work with all abilities and all, you know, mobility levels and that. Yeah. Wonderful. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about your work before we kind of wrap up for today? Um, no, I just encourage everyone to give it a try, you know, whether it's with me or just starting little bits on their own, um, you know, to reach out and try to make some kind of movement part of their life and to realize that there's always something that you can be doing. Um, find a buddy, find something, mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but everybody can improve and everybody can, can change. Um, so as it says on my website, change is possible and just yes. yeah, take those little steps and reach out if you need help and mm -hmm. um, yeah, start slow. Meet yourself where you're at. You've just listened to Holistic Healing Connection with me, Amber Cook. You can find out more about me and other holistic healers, coaches, and practitioners at healingways.com. That's healing, W-A-Z-E dot com or on most major social media outlets. If you are a holistic professional and would like to be a guest on this podcast, please go to healingways.com to join. If you have been helped by holistic or alternative medicine, I'd love to help you share your story on this podcast to help inspire others. Please email us at info at healingways.com with the title podcast guest. And don't forget to come back every week for more holistic fun. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful day.